This is Isaac Morehouse. Welcome to the podcast where we discuss education, entrepreneurship, big ideas, how to put them into practice in the real world, and above all, how to live free. I would be remiss if I did not remind any of our young listeners or the parents who have children who are younger. And by younger, I mean a few years younger than me, 14 to 26 age range, to check out a summer seminar put on by the Foundation for Economic Education, one of the sponsors of this podcast. FEE.org, the Foundation for Economic Education, is amazing. You will meet with some amazing young people, hear from amazing professors, thinkers, experts, entrepreneurs in engaging talks about the ideas of freedom. You can see one of the talks that I gave at Fee if you want to go to my website and simply search isaacmorehouse.com and search for how to change the world. Or you can go to YouTube and search for people over politics. That's the title of a talk I gave at Fee. It was recorded. It'll give you a flavor. It's about 30 minutes long of what the experience is like, what some of the talks are like. Now, there are certainly lecturers, speakers, uh, activity leaders who are better than I am there, but that will give you a flavor. I love participating in these events. The energy is amazing and the amount of learning that happens, the light bulb moments, the excitement is palpable. It's unbeatable. FEE.org slash seminars. Fill out an application. Tell them you heard about it on the Isaac Morehouse podcast. Good day to you all. It's another wonderful episode. Well, I hope it's wonderful. I will have a wonderful time constructing it, but another episode of Ask Isaac. And this time, I'm cheating a little bit. I am taking on some questions that I get frequently when I'm in conversations with people or over emails, but not questions that were specifically submitted for Ask Isaac. So just some questions that I've heard them enough that I thought, you know what? These are kind of common. I'm going to take these on. So the main focus of today's episode is about goals. Like them, love them, make them, shove them. What's what's a good relationship to have to goals? Uh, well, unfortunately, I can't tell you what a good relationship is for you to have with goals, but I can tell you what I have experimented with and gone through and the way that I view goals. Um, but we'll get to that in a minute. A couple short, quick ones First, uh, before even that, actually, I just realized, um, I want to say thanks to everybody who showed up to the Praxis meetup in Pittsburgh. I was in Pittsburgh just a few days ago uh, with my colleague, Zach Slayback, and uh, there's a Praxis participant out there that I was able to connect with as well, Nick Tucker, and we had a meetup and it was really, really cool. There was probably 15 people showed up. And uh, it was just awesome to get to talk to everybody. Um, Christina Miller, a Praxis alum, was there. Um, I'm not going to remember everybody, but I remember talking to Jason, Caroline, Ben, Declan, Lucas, Logan, Lacey, a lot of L names. And there were several others that I'm sorry, I'm, I'm forgetting the names that slipping my mind, but thank you to everybody who showed up. That was really, really cool to just kind of last minute say, hey, we're going we're gonna to go you know, grab a drink and a bite to eat. And if anybody wants to come. And it was just great to, to talk to a lot of you um, that showed up were podcast listeners and uh, actually got a few 
new guests for the podcast out of the whole uh, the whole deal. A couple of people recommended some some guests and connected me, and um, just had a great time overall. So, if you're in the Pittsburgh area. Uh, look up Zach Slayback, who is running our Praxis Pittsburgh, which is sort of a, a regional hub for the Praxis program. Um, just email Zach, Zachary at discoverpraxis.com and check it out if you're in that area. If you're not in the Pittsburgh area, you can still email me anytime, Morehouse at gmail.com. Whether you have questions about Praxis, about anything else, or you want me to answer a question on an episode of Ask Isaac. Okay, um, so one short answer before I get into the question on goals. And that is a couple people have asked me, do you, how much prep work do you do for your podcast? Uh, whether regular episodes or ask Isaac, well, I'm lazy. Um, <laughs> actually I'll put it this way. I don't think I would have ever gotten into podcasting, nor would I be able to keep up podcasting, posting once a week and sometimes more with the, with the ask episodes. If I didn't do it this way, I spend Almost, I mean, when I have a guest on, I prep. I have time. I've spent time. Like if they've written a book, I usually read the book. Um, I usually know the guests a little bit ahead of time anyway. But if I don't, I get to know them uh, and prep in that way. Um, but I don't do a lot of prep and a lot of like editing or post post recording production or anything like that. Uh, Love my intern who is awesome. Or I guess he's the producer of this show. Um, he takes the raw audio files. He adds the music and the sponsor spots and. Um, Really, we don't really edit much out except for maybe like when I first get on Skype and say, hey, how's it going? All right, uh, this is how this is going to go. Let's get started. And, you know, we edit that part out. But otherwise, it's pretty straight up. For the Ask episodes, I don't prepare anything. I usually don't even know what the questions are until I'm recording them and I'm reading them for the first time. Sometimes I scan through them ahead of time, um, but I kind of just go off the cuff. Now, there's a pro and a con. The con is uh, my answers might not be that great and they might not be that well thought out. And later I might be like, oh my gosh, why did I say that? I could, this is what I really think. This would have been a much better answer. Uh, The pro is it gives it that feel that I really enjoy. I like live Q&A sessions. After I give a talk, Q&A is always like one of my favorite parts. Um, And I like just kind of going off of the moment, but I also like, because it gives me a nice out. If someone's like, what did you, you said this thing about, you know, topic X, Y, and Z, that seems wrong, or that's incorrect, or that's just dumb. I can be like, oh yeah, yeah, it is. Well, that was just off the top of my head, you know, don't hold me to it. So it lets me, it gives me, it gives me the flexibility uh, versus a really well thought out, you know, here is the definitive final answer. It's more like, well, here's what I'm thinking, um, but don't hold me to it. So don't hold me to anything that I say. Okay, here we go. Let's jump right in. Question about goals. What did I say before? I had some little rhyme like, uh, hate them, love them, make them, shove them. I like that. I'm going to stick with that. Um, and I, and I talked to a lot of people who have very different takes on goals. It's sort of widely accepted that goals are really valuable. And I mean, the term can mean a lot of things. So I use it often when talking with people, well, what are your goals as a way, usually as a way, and we do this with practice participants, the word your is the key, not so much goals. It's Stop trying to do things that you assume are good because everyone else says you need to get a degree, get this kind of job, get this kind of starting salary, have this kind of, you know, live in this city because those are not necessarily yours. So what do you want is really the question that um, I think is valuable. But in terms of, you know, people assume that setting goals is always sort of a good thing. And you you read a lot in the sort of success self-help literature about goals. There's book with a big fat word goals on it. Really, really famous book on, 
you know, how really successful people, they make like very specific goals. Like, you know, in five years, I want to sell my company for $20 million. Uh, And they write that down every day and sort of visualizing that and that specific form of goal is um, said to be really empowering, really valuable. Now, I can't speak to whether or not it is. I mean, I've, I've heard plenty of stories with people, you know, using goals in just that way and finding them really valuable. Um, I really haven't. I let me let me tell you my relationship to goals as it's sort of evolved over the years, and maybe this will be valuable to some of you. Um, I've never really had big picture, long term goals. I really haven't, and. I've always had, since I was young, short-term goals. Like, okay, I want to go on this trip to Peru. It's going to cost me $4,000, so I need to save up $4,000 in the next six months or something like that with a very tangible, I'm trying to achieve something very tangible, and so I've got a specific sort of short-term goal. But I've never had long-term goals like, I want to have you know a Ferrari, or I want to have five kids, or I want to live in New York City, or I've never had goals very specific for most of my life. And I used to think, well, maybe this is like holding me back. Maybe there's something wrong with this. Um, And I don't know exactly where that comes from. Part of it may be the way that I grew up, which I actually have come to absolutely appreciate and find so valuable that we didn't have a lot of expectations on us from uh, my mom growing up. And my dad wasn't present in the the way that a a typical dad is. He's in in a wheelchair with a head injury, but not because my mom like thinks we're stupid or doubted us. She just didn't, she, it wasn't like, you've got to go to school and get in the good best school possible. And it was just sort of like, just, you know, do what you want to do. There wasn't this pressure to have these really specific, like, I've got to chase this thing. And I really appreciate that. And so I've kind of adopted, uh, I just sort of have never had really concrete specific goals and never thought about it much until over the last several years, I have read some of these books on goal setting and I've tried it. I've tried writing out a specific goal every day for a month, six months. I've tried And I haven't found it really that valuable. In fact, I wouldn't say I found it to be a hindrance, but I understand people who do. And this is sort of the same thing that TK and I talked about um, a few weeks ago with New Year's resolutions. There's a great article by Scott Adams, a creator of Dilbert. And he's, his article, I don't remember the title of it, but it's basically like goals suck. And his whole thing is like goals aren't valuable, but a system or a process is valuable. And when I read that, I thought, that's it. That's what resonates with me. That's kind of how I've always treated things. Rather than making a specific, tangible, long-term goal and saying, I'm going to achieve that, I tend to I tend to make short-term, create systems for myself that will help me become the kind of person I want to become. So let me, let me, let me see if I can make this more concrete. Um, for me, mystery is hugely valuable. I love change. I love the unknown. I love to ask myself, I wonder what I'll be like and what I'll be doing and where I'll be in five years. I like that I don't know. I like that it's unlimited possibility. And so I I almost, I feel like my life is a story. And when you're watching a good movie, you don't want spoilers. You don't want someone to spoil the end. I don't want spoilers. So even if my even if setting tangible goals was a surefire way to get me exactly what I set out, I actually think I wouldn't like that. Because if I said, I want to live in this house, in this city, and have this much money, and be doing X, Y, and Z, and I achieved it, it'd be like a spoiler for my own life. Like, I want to be surprised. I want an element of mystery. I want I want to, like, be delighted by what I discover. Oh my gosh, who thought I'd be doing this? 
And so I sort of, I sort of embrace that unknown and I really, I really value that. So instead of those tangible goals, which they also can stress you out, which is Scott Adams' point that if you set goals, I'm going to, I'm going to run a marathon. If something comes in the way and you don't achieve it, you just, you have self-esteem problems then. You feel like a total loser. You're constantly struggling. You're constantly changing the goals and then you feel like a cheater. And then I like open-endedness. And so what I do instead is say, what kind of person do I want to be? If something awesome were to happen to me, some opportunity were to come up, how can I be the type of person who is best suited to respond to that and get the most out of it? What are some of my weaknesses and things that I want to improve on? What are obstacles to me being not so much doing the things I want to do as much as being the kind of person I want to be? And I focus on the obstacles rather than the goals. So I don't know exactly what I want my life to look like in five or 10 years, but I know right now obstacles I face that make it harder for me to be the kind of person I want to be. And I build activities. We talk about this and do this in practice all the time. We call them personal development projects, PDPs. I build activities and daily challenges for myself, very small, tangible ones that I do every day to help me chip away at those obstacles, to help me become that kind of person. And what that will lead to is open-ended, which is so exciting to me. So one example is I've never really had like a goal. I want to publish a book. That's one of those things where like, I kind of like to write and that, that'd be kind of fun. That'd be kind of cool. See what that feels like, but I've never set it as like a goal, but instead I knew that I enjoyed writing and that I liked creating and I wanted to do more and, and be uh, a better writer. So a couple years ago, I said, I'm going to blog every single day. That was my system blog every day. And you trust the system. You trust the process, even when it sucks, even when it's not sexy. And you just say, I don't know what this is going to result in, but I want to get up. I'm going to blog every day. And amazing things happen. You blog every day and all of a sudden you look back and you've got a couple hundred posts and some of them are really cool. And then, you know, uh, my first book, Better Off Free, which you can get on Amazon, uh, Jeffrey Tucker came to me and said, hey, I like some of your articles. You should think about a book. I said, yeah, I just feel like I don't, I'm, I'm so busy. I don't think I would have time to sit down and write a book. And he's like, well, how many articles do you have? I'm like, I don't know. Let me check. And I'm like, I have like, you know, at the time I had like maybe 300 articles and I realized, oh my gosh, I've got a book and I put them all together. And I remember I printed out literally every single one physically. And then I went through and I threw out the ones that weren't very good. And I took the ones that were good and I made some edits and I reorganized them and blah, blah, blah. And put it together, wrote an introduction, found a way to tie them together. And here's a book. And the book was delightful. It was so fun to have that experience of publishing a book and like just holding it in your hands and and having people be able to read it. And, And that was amazing, but it wasn't one of my goals. It was just, it was one of the outcomes of trusting my process of trusting my system. I think some of my very vague goals were be the kind of person who's capable of writing a book, be the kind of person that if you want to, You say, yeah, let's publish a book. Or if the opportunity comes and someone says, hey, we'd like to publish a book, you can act on that and put yourself in a position to take advantage of that. So I love this idea of trusting the system and how I build my systems are two ways. One, I identify the type of person I want to be. So very vague, like goals in terms of, I would like to feel this way more often or be able to do more of this. And two, I identify, and so I, and I create activities that I believe will help me get there. Um, 
you know, like for example, we're going to Ecuador. I want to be someone who can successfully navigate Ecuador. So I'm going to spend 15 minutes a day on Duolingo and I'm going to trust that that's going to help me improve in that area. Um, not, you know, I want to be 80% fluent in Spanish in six months. Like that's just too much pressure. It's too much stress. Um, okay. And then the other one is identify obstacles and these tie hand in hand. Okay. Let's say I want, you know, dramatic growth in praxis, which of course I do. What are the current obstacles to that right now? And how can I create activities every single day that will help me chip away at those obstacles? Rather than, I want Praxis to have X amount of revenue by Y date. Um, you know, and I play around with some of those goals here and there, and they can be helpful for putting things in context. But I'd rather say, I want dramatic growth. I want growth three, four, five, ten 10 times what we have right now. What are the obstacles to that? How can I build systems that help me chip away at that every single day? And watch the compounding effect take place. If I can chip away, if I can improve myself 1% every day, think about how that compounds. So that for me is my current relationship with goals. And again, I've experimented with the specific tangible ones. You know, by 2025, I would like, um, hasn't done a lot for me. I will tell you this though. When I was reading that book, Goals, um, which was recommended to me by my very good friend, uh, Steve Thomas, who is always full of good ideas and recommendations, there were things I liked about it. And I did I did sit down and I thought, okay, instead of the sort of five years, 10 years, one year, whatever, really specific goals, I, I don't even, I don't have those and I don't find it to be like all that helpful to think about them. But I do have some life goals, the kind of life I want to sort of generally live. I want to write these down. The ones that I think are more or less unchanging, maybe they'll change, who knows. So I made a list of these and I occasionally come back to this. Uh, not very often. It's not like a daily guide, but it's fun to come back and check in and see how close I am. So this is this is one that I've kind of accumulated over the years and I just sort of compiled. Okay, so he, here are some of my goals. <laughs> they might sound really silly. Uh, wake up when my body wants to every day. Go to sleep when my mind wants to every day. Wake up on the beach or in a beach house or a house overlooking the water uh, as much as possible. Write every day. Walk outside every day. Kids, my own and others, in and out of my house all the time. Uh, a very nice office space to work in. Play music regularly. Enjoy cigars with good people regularly. Have at least one very interesting conversation per week. Watch a ton of movies with my wife, Heather. <laughs> uh, eat out with my wife, Heather, twice a week. Travel once, one to two times a month with Heather. I like my wife, if you haven't noticed. Uh, have regular reading retreats and play sports regularly. Now, when you think about all those they're all sort of lifestyle goals, but notice none of them have any specific tangible like monetary value assigned to them or um, specific job title or role. And when I start thinking about those, many of them I either already have achieved or I can achieve if I adjust some things. Um, so, you know, many days because I run my own business and, um, you know, outcomes are the only thing that matters, not when you clock in, when you clock out or how you work and all that stuff. For the most part, I wake up when my body wants to, and I go to sleep when my mind wants to, um, wake up on the coast every day. Uh, I'm not currently, I'm about 20 minutes away here in Charleston. I'm not in a beach house, but notice this doesn't, it's not own a beach house. Cause I don't even know if I want to own a beach house. That sounds like maybe a lot of maintenance. But for the next six weeks when we're in Ecuador, 
we will be on the beach every day. Uh, so doing that increasingly, finding ways to do that. I just, I love being near the coast. Write every day, I'm currently doing that. Walk outside every day, I'm currently doing that. Occasionally miss a day. Uh, a bunch of kids in and out of the house all the time. My own kids are, um, but I, I'm always looking for ways to, to connect them to more unschool kids and other kids who can just sort of be around. Um, I love my home office right now. Uh, I don't play music regularly, but that's my own fault. I put it lower on the priority list with other things I'm working on. Uh, I'm okay with that right now. I don't have cigars very as often as I would like. Um, it's time consuming and uh, again, lower on the priority list. I definitely have at least one int interesting conversation per, what did I say, per week. Um, Heather and I do watch quite a few movies. Uh, I would like to watch even more. I just love watching, <laughs> I love watching movies together. She and I love watching sci-fi together. It's like our favorite thing to do. Uh, we don't eat out very much at all. Uh, it's hard with the young kids. It's expensive. Um, but that's something I'd love to do just to sort of explore the food scene a little bit. Um, I travel once to twice a month easily. Uh, but currently the kids aren't old enough. I don't bring, um, Heather doesn't usually come with me. Occasionally I'll bring one of the kids. Regular reading retreats. I've only done one of these and I loved it. Did it with the Praxis team. Um, I'd like to work that in somehow regularly. We did a screenless retreat for like three days and pretty much just read and talked and then play sports regularly. I've done that on and off, but I'm not right now. So anyway, I don't want to bore you with all those, although I just did. So I guess I did want to, <laughs> I do want to bore you with all those. Um, but for me, those are powerful. When I read them, just reading them makes me happy because I start to envision that. And so the power of visualization, I get that, but I like my visualization to be very general. You know, it's like when you're a kid, you say, what do you want to be when you grow up? You say, I want to be a fireman. That's not because you actually want to be a fireman. And if you grow up to not be a fireman, you're not a loser. You're not a failure. It's because when you were a kid, you didn't know very much about the world. You didn't know what kind of things existed. You know, if you're in school, you learn that there are like four jobs in the world like teacher, doctor, fireman, and then like person who wears a suit and has a briefcase, you know, businessman. You don't know that there are so many different things out there. And so you pick a category, oh, fireman, help people, adventure, uh, physical risk, and, you know, cool uniform or whatever, drive a big truck, right? You don't know all the various ways to satisfy those sort of desires. So in some way, I don't think you necessarily change. Like that same core desire, the reason fireman was attractive to you when you were a kid is probably the same reason that maybe entrepreneur is attractive to you when you're older or artist or whatever it might be. But you just didn't know, you didn't have the knowledge. And so if you set a goal, like be a fireman when you're 10, and then when you're 15, everyone's like, I thought you were gonna be a fireman. How come you're learning to code? And you're 20, it's like, oh, you, you weren't a fireman, you failed. And you're like, no, I started a business, I'm rich. Yeah, but you, you didn't achieve your dream. You know, it's like, so I think those tangible goals can sometimes be a trap. And I like the fact that like, I don't know, maybe waking up on the beach uh, literally means I'm waking up on the beach because I'm, you know, uh, vagabonding and sleeping in a tent. I hope not. Um, maybe it means I own a beach house. Maybe it means I'm really good friends with someone who has a second home on the beach and they're like, hey, why don't you stay there, you know, uh, three months out of the year and look after it or whatever. Like, I don't know, but that's, it's the desire to be on the coast that really does something for me, sort of in a, in a spiritual sense, in a psychological sense. Um, what kind of life am I going to have to build to have a bunch of kids in and out of the house all the time, but still have a nice office space where I can write and do all these? It's a mystery. The specific manifestation is a mystery, and that's what I love. So that is how goals work really well for me. Um, and uh, let me just recap. I like open-endedness and mystery. I don't like to feel like a loser for setting a tangible goal and then having my mind change or not reaching it because new information arrives. 
Um, I do like to visualize uh, the future and visualize success, but I like it to be very vague because I like to be surprised by what happens. Therefore, my method is trust the system, trust the process you build. I don't think it's enough to say, I set goals, therefore I'm good to go. Or to say, I don't like goals, they oppress me. So I'm just gonna see what comes. I think you need to have a system or processes to say, well, see what comes. How am I gonna be able to take advantage of what comes my way? I need to be the kind of person who is financially independent enough to do that. So rather than set a very specific goal of money and savings, which may be good for you, but for me, it's more like, okay, I want to reduce my expenses as much as I can and I want to, uh, you know, whatever, every day, uh, you know, do X activity that will help me earn more money or something like that. You know, do, you know, maybe you could say, I'm going to, I'm going to do $500 worth of freelance work, uh, every week this month or something like that. So for me, it's those overcoming obstacles and becoming who you want to be processes and syst processes and systems that really make me the kind of person who will have the lifestyle that I like. Um, and you know, who knows what that means in terms of uh, the more common goals like money, houses, cars, et cetera, et cetera. That's how it goes down for me. Uh, I would love to hear how you work with goals. What is your relationship to goals? Um, struggles, successes you've had, ways that you do it totally differently. Um, shoot me an email, isaacmorehouse at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. Keep the questions coming. You can email them to me. You can go to isaacmorehouse.com, ask Isaac uh, section, and submit them anytime.